The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, on February 15, 2015, based on Psalm 148. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit draws us to our Savior, Jesus Christ, is Psalm 48. You have it printed in the inside of the bulletin. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his saints, of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Your friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. In Hebrew, that's the first and last word in this psalm, hallelujah. And as we come to the end of the book of Psalms, the 150 psalms, it ends on this note of praise. The last several psalms here call on us to praise the Lord, to shout out, hallelujah. And, and notice that as it calls on us to praise the Lord, that's not just your common word for Lord. It's that special Hebrew word that's translated into English using Lord with all capital letters. You can't hear it, but you can see it in the, on the print. It's printed in all capital letters because this is not your regular word for Lord. This is that special Hebrew word that is sometimes transliterated as Yahweh or Jehovah. And you see it in the Lord word, hallelujah, in those last three letters, J-A-H. It is that special word, that special name that the one true God chose to use to reveal himself. And it means that he is the he is God the eternal I am who does not change. He is independent to do whatever he pleases. He is the Lord. And what is it that he has chosen to do? He has chosen to make his promises of grace. And since he is the Lord who does not change, he not only makes his gracious promises, he keeps every last one of them. For he is the God of all grace, 
who freely makes his promises and faithfully keeps them. He is the Lord. And that name alone gives you and me every reason in the world to praise him, to shout out hallelujah to him. And not only us, but everyone and everything is called on to praise the Lord in this psalm. Did you notice how it started in the highest heavens, calling on the angels and the heavenly hosts to praise the Lord? And then it moves from those sentient heavenly creatures to the inanimate creation of the Lord in the skies above, calling on the sun, the moon, and stars to praise him. And then from the high heavens, the psalm moves down to this earth below, First of all, calling on the inanimate, non-rational creatures, uh, the creation like the ocean depths, the, the trees, the, the fruit trees and cedars, the uh, lightning and storm, uh, wind and, and snow, calling on the animals as well, the wild animals and cattle, the creeping creatures and the, the, the birds, and finally calling on us humans to praise the Lord. From the mightiest king, to the youngest and the least, let all praise the Lord. But the psalm does more than just call on us, urge us to praise him. The psalm also reminds us of the reason why, or the reasons why we praise the Lord. The psalm reminds us of these because all the shouts of hallelujahs and words of jubilee mean nothing if we don't know why we're doing it. It just ends up being a bunch of noise, no matter how jubilant or how, how, how we feel at the time, if we don't know why we're praising the Lord, if we don't know the reason. It's all empty praise. And so the psalm reminds us of why. We praise the Lord. And as we look at the reason, it not only gives us the right motivation, the why, but also the what. It gives us the content of our praise, reminding us of what we are praising him for. And so today, dear friends, as we shout alleluia and praise the Lord, let's remember and keep in mind the why and the what of our praise. And we, first of all, meet the why and the what of our praise in verses 5 and 6. Let them praise the name of the Lord. And here's the reason. For he commanded, and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord. Shout hallelujah, because he is our creator. Yes, praise him. Why? Because he's the creator. Praise him for what? Because he has made us and all that exists, giving you your body and soul, eyes, ears, and all your members, your mind, and all your abilities. Praise him as the creator. And that is not always an easy thing to do in our present age. For more and more, the world looks at those who think of God as the creator as unscientific and backwards kind of people. Maybe you noticed in the news this past week that Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin and potential uh, presidential candidate for 2016, ducked the question when he was asked whether he accepted evolution. You see, much of his political base believes in creation like we do, but the majority of Americans do not. In fact, in a recent poll by the Pew Research Institute, 75 
70% or nearly 75% of young people said that they accepted evolution instead of creation. We live in a world that no longer confesses or praises God as the creator. And so it can be difficult to shout that out, to praise him. But when we praise the Lord, when we praise him, that means that we don't ignore that issue. It means we praise and we shout out hallelujah as we make it clear and confess that he alone is the creator, that he made all things out of nothing in six regular days by the power of his word alone, just as the psalm says here, he commanded and they were created. It means to give him full credit, not only for doing the creation back then, but also for sustaining his creation for giving us life and breath and keeping us living and moving. Now, how do we praise him as our creator? Well, not only by clearly confessing creation, not only by denying evolution, no matter what others might label us, but also by the way we live. And maybe here's a lesson we can learn when we observe God's created world around us. Did you notice how the psalm called on the sun, moon, and stars to praise the Lord? And at first we might think, well, how can they praise the Lord? They don't have mouths or voices. How do they praise the Lord? Well, they praise him by following the path that the Lord has placed in front of them. Every morning, the sun rises just as the Lord has set it there to do. Every, mo every month, the moon goes through its phases, just as the Lord placed it there to do. They obey his decree. Do we always follow the paths the Lord lays in front of us in our lives? Do we always make our choices in line with his written word, his decrees? Do we know his word thoroughly enough that we can apply it in our everyday situations in life and, and, and make the choices that give him the glory and the praise? Or does our sinful self-will often get the better of us? Or take a look at the birds and wild animals. They don't worry about food or clothing. Their creator sustains them preserves them, and provides for them. And yet how often don't we worry about our bodily needs? How often don't we fail to trust the Lord to take care of us? We so easily cling to our earthly stuff, depending on that to give us future security. Yes, praising the Lord is more than just words. It's also reflected in the way we use our stuff and the, our attitude towards our earthly stuff. And as we think about those things, trusting the Lord, take note also of, of, of how the wind is described. Stormy winds that do his bidding, the psalm says. Yes, the, the fiercest uh, storm or, or the worst disaster in life, they are still serving the Lord. They're doing his bidding. For you see, he makes all things work together in the end according to his good purpose. So why do we fear? Why are we afraid of, of what might happen? Why? 
Do we fail to trust him to take care of us no matter what the suffering or the pain or the, the disaster? We so easily begin to question his goodness, wisdom, or power instead of trusting him. And so we see how our praise so falls short. Yes, the angels in heaven and those heavenly hosts, how perfect their praise is. They give him perfect trust and obedience. But how imperfect our praise. How far we here on earth are from praising the Lord with the praise that he is worthy of. How far our sin has separated us from him. Who is strong enough to bring us back to God? The last verse of the psalm addresses that question. And that brings us to the second part here as we look at that last verse. He has raised up for his people a horn the praise of all his saints, of Israel, the people close to his heart. Let's think a little bit more deeply on those words here. It talks about the Lord raising up a horn, and we could so easily just pass by that picture language without understanding it. And when I was growing up and I heard that word horn, I thought of a musical instrument, like a trumpet. But that's not the picture here. Oh, there's a slight connection in that some musical instruments were originally made out of animal horns, like the shofar, the ram's horn that was used to uh, signal battle. But the horn we refer to here isn't of that musical instrument, it's what the animal horn itself, because that's where the animal strength and power is, is symbolized by. For example, if a bull is charging you, you want to stay away from its horns. That horn here that the Lord raises up is a picture of the one who is mighty, the one who is strong enough to save us, to bring us close to God, to, to make us one of his people. And you well know who that is. And it's not just here in this psalm that we have that, that word whore and referring to Jesus. In Luke chapter 1, at the birth of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, his father Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit, praised the Lord and said, Praise be to the God of Israel, who has raised up for us the horn of our salvation in the house of his servant David. And you well know how the Son of God came from the family line of David, born in Bethlehem, the town of David. Today on the Mount of Transfiguration, you call a glimpse of that majesty, that divine glory, that power that belongs to him. And on Easter, once again, we will see that glory shining out. His mighty power that conquered even death itself, that mighty power that paraded through hell in victory over Satan, but as you also know, that glory that saves us, that power that saves, comes through the weakness and foolishness of the cross. It's in the cross that we see that Jesus is that mighty Savior. He is our horn 
the one mighty to bring us close to God. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said to them, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Our sins separated us from God. But Jesus took away our sins. He sacrificed himself for the sins of the world. Through faith in Jesus, you are close to God. You are the people close to his heart, as the psalm describes here, because of Jesus. His blood has washed away your sins. So you, God calls you his saints, his holy people, because through faith in Jesus, you are clothed with his holiness. His righteousness is counted on your record. You are his people. You are his Israel. Israel means wrestles with God. And as a young son wrestles with his father, so also we wrestle with God. We don't fight against him as our enemy, but we Hold on to him as wrestlers do. We grab on to his promises and don't let go. For we know that he is the Lord, the unchanging God who freely makes his promises and faithfully keeps them. And so like a wrestler, we hold on to him, not letting go, because he is our God. And we are his people, his Israel through faith in Jesus Christ. What a reason to praise our Lord. For in Christ and in Christ alone, we have all the blessings of our Heavenly Father. He, Jesus, is that horn, that mighty one who has saved us, and so he is the praise, the foundation for all of our praise. He is the praise of all his saints of Israel, the people close to his heart. He has taken away our sins and washed us clean in his blood so that we are God's saints, we are God's people, his Israel. We are the ones close to his heart. You, dear Christian, are close to his heart. Yes, this surely gives us every reason in the world to praise the Lord, not only telling us why, giving us that motivation, but also reminding us of what we are praising him for. And even as we praise him here on this earth, shouting hallelujah, we look forward to that time in eternity when we will praise him with all the heavenly hosts, no longer imperfectly corrupted by our sin, but in that holiness of heaven. We look forward to that time when this psalm in all its fullness will be fulfilled. When we, with all his saints and angels, with heaven and earth made anew and all the hosts that fill him, will praise him forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Alleluia. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.